0: Welcome back, everybody, everywhere. We are back on the Double Tech Podcast, the only show where we talk about sports. The only show we talk about sports. Folks, this is kind of an off-topic episode for us today. Usually, you're used to uh, myself, Ethan Reisinga, and Trent Bally, but Trent had to call an audible today at the line at had some technical difficulties at home, so we got ourselves an up-and-coming sports artist the one and only Bradley Daskowitz. Brad, introduce yourself to the faithful, man.
1: How's it going, everybody? I'm, I'm happy to get the opportunity, finally getting off the bench. So uh, I'm going to do everything I can do to put up some stats on this. You know, I got the call, came up from the practice squad, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I have enough knowledge on the topic, so I, I've got some hot takes for you guys, got some picks for you guys. So I'm looking forward to this.
0: Absolutely. So a little background, me and Brad have been friends for a few years now. We went to college together back at freshman year, took a one-year hiatus, couldn't stand each other, then met back up junior year in Arizona, (laughs) lived together, spent a couple years uh, arguing about the Lions and the the Bears, and uh, now we're here, still best friends, and we are up and coming, and we are here to talk about some sports.
1: So Brad, what do you say we get started here? Let's get started with my favorite sport in the world American football um, I'm ecstatic to to get this opportunity.
0: Yeah um so obviously let's uh let's let's take the chicken out of the out of the kettle here but uh we're <laughs> gonna talk about the very first game the Ravens and the Texans. the Ravens took this game 34 to 10. Last week me and Trent kind of predicted that like this game was gonna be a little a little close in the beginning and and it ended up being that way i honestly thought it was going to be a lot closer ravens pulled away in the second half i think what this game came down to was some second half adjustments made by john harbaugh and uh lamar just absolutely proving why he's an mvp candidate but brad what do you think about this one man
1: yeah i think you guys probably hit the nail on the head with that one the first half i was you know i was rooting for cj stroud and the boys but um the first half I was like they got this like you know they they figured it out like yeah they've been held down a little bit that Ravens defense was getting three and outs like it was nobody's business and then uh like you said in the second half they made some adjustments and Lamar Jackson absolutely took over so uh there was you know. a
0: piece of me though there was a piece of me that wanted to see CJ Stroud like come back and win that game so oh, bad yeah. no, like is he not yeah. just like one of the most likable rookies like yeah. I think he's such a likable guy. He's so like straightforward, so nice, so honest. In hey, he's a Ohio State guy, so like <laughs> putting all that to the side, you know. Whoa. But but CJ Stroud, man, great guy. Is he a is he a lock to win rookie of the year offensive?
1: Uh I think easily. I don't think there's anyone else that's there. I mean, everyone I personally had a wager down on B. John Robinson. Of course, that was oh, kind of yeah. true. That was Chalky and Arthur Smith made sure that I lost every dime. (laughs) But, uh, you know, yeah, I think that's
0: more on the Falcons than it is on uh, you. I think that was the obvious play.
1: It's water under the bridge at this point. CJ Stroud is most likely a generational talent. So, uh, you know, as a bears fan, I can just sit here and think that, you know, we got the wrong guy. We, we, we Mm -hmm. got the wrong guy and, you know, that's fine. We got our opportunity now to do, do it all over again. But, um, Like you said, he is extremely likable. Like I, I wanted him to win that game so bad, and I like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but he is just like you said, just a super likable, nice, like you know, down to earth kind of guy.
0: Exactly. And uh, folks, a little background here: Brad is from Chicago, Illinois, not like the city, but he's from the area, and he's grew up Bears fan, Bulls fan, so he's a big Chicago sports guy. So if you hear him make some references to the Bears or to any of those teams that's where he's coming from and Brad I kind of honestly wanted to take a tangent here now that we're talking about the Bears Mm -hmm. um what do you think they're going to do with that first pick
1: uh let me throw a disclaimer out there because you just made a very bold statement I am a Bears fan but I'm more of an NFL fan so like I just I like the Bears obviously I root for them but you know when they inevitably go you know three and 13 again next year. Like I'm not going to be that upset because I know that's just in their, their DNA. They're built for that. Um, A generational talent at three and 13, if you will. But um,
0: (laughs) it's a very media answer, Brad. It's a very media trained answer.
1: Anyways. anyways. I like
0: the Bears, but I'm more of an NFL fan. No, seriously. Like,
1: I just want to see good But as soon as they
0: make the playoffs, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Bears fan now. I said it from the beginning.
1: Look, (laughs) the only time I'm not watching Red Zone is if the Bears are playing the Packers or if it's like, you know, Chiefs-Bills or, you know, like the Ravens-San Francisco game. Obviously, that was Sunday Night Football this year. But anyways, I think – they need to get rid of Justin Fields, unfortunately. Oh. I, I really like him, and I think every Bears fan is in the same boat. They want it to work out, but, like, it just isn't going to work out, you know? Like, C.J. Wow. Stroud, like, C.J. Stroud, he just hopped into this situation, and he's already, like, people are like, oh, my gosh, he's the next Peyton Manning, you know? But, um, like, Lamar Jackson – Didn't have, you know, a supporting cast. Still won MVP in 2019. Still went to the playoffs, you know. Still was balling when he was throwing to UPS workers. So, you know, everyone's saying Justin Fields needs people to throw to. He's got someone to throw to now. And I get DJ Moore had a great year. His offensive line is way better than it gets credit for. Like, our tackles are really good. And we're really just missing, like, a center and a left guard, to be honest. And I get that's two-fifths. But still, if you're a good quarterback, you don't need everything to be perfect. You just need, you know, a couple things to go right, and then you're going to ball out. Like, CJ Stroud, like, no offense to anyone on that team, on the Texans, but – those guys are good because of C.J. Stroud. Nico Collins, no one knew who he was till C.J. Stroud pointed him out out of the crowd. And if Tank Dell had went to, you know, San Francisco or whatever, like he would be the Ray Ray McLeod of that team because, you know, he's got Brock Purdy throwing to him. And I get I just put a lot of hot takes out there, but that's, that's just my opinion.
0: You're making some egregious claims right now for the, <laughs> for the, t- for the Tank Dell family. Um which is part which is myself. I'm a big tank Dell guy. Uh had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> this trophy right here that's just so happens to obnoxiously be in my camera shot here, folks. If you're listening and not watching, we do have a YouTube channel. And if you're on the YouTube channel, you would see my fantasy football trophy and it's in all its glory sitting right next to me here. So mm-hmm. I don't know how that got there, but it made its way. But um, Brad, I I, I mean, I, I thought your takes were pretty reasonable. I don't know if I agree necessarily with like the fact that Nico Collins and like tank Dell were like nobodies. I think obviously not, they had a, but like, if you look at it, man, like who did they have? I mean, they had this like, who would they have a quarterback before CJ Stroud? You know what I'm saying? Like Dave, hey, they,
1: Davis Mills doesn't get the credit he deserves for winning that game mm-hmm. and getting bears the first overall pick last year. <laughs>
0: hey, go, go Davis Mills, I guess. Also um, just
1: disclaimer, if you're on the YouTube I'm drinking Celsius. This is not like a seltzer or something. It's just Celsius. It, it looks like it's a white claw or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, sponsor Sorry. us Celsius. We're we're avid we're avid energy drinkers. So, we'll we'll take all the love that we can get. Celsius, live quick, live fast, drink Celsius. <laughs> it ain't Fahrenheit. <laughs> It's Celsius. Come on. Um, let's keep the moving here. The night game from last Saturday, Bradley. Packers at 49ers. There was a mm. lot of debate about this game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go ahead and open up the can of beans here because I think I got a lot to say too, but I want to give you a chance to get the mud out of the water first.
1: Yeah. So I watched this game very intently with a few uh buddies of mine that are Packers fans worst kind of person to be from Chicago and be a Packers fan like oh. that's lower that's lower than low
0: <laughs> that's low of, um,
1: anyways i thought that the packers should have won this game i thought that you know brock didn't look all that great to be quite honest you know he didn't he didn't look terrible but he did not look good and he was taking a while to get that ball out and, you know, the announcers are always trying to back up Brock. They're always like, oh, look at how wet it is. Look how, you know, he's drying yeah. his fingers off, you know, mid-snap or whatever. And it's like, hey, you know, Jordan Love is dealing with the same thing. Um, and this kind of will lead into one of our later segments that I'm, you know, I've got in the chamber. Anyways, uh, I thought Brock didn't look good. I thought the Packers should have won that game. You know, the secondary wasn't great, but you know, they had the opportunity to close it out and Jordan love had the opportunity to, you know, lead his feed, lead his team down, uh, down the field and send it to OT. But he threw one of the most egregious picks I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, Hey, Cancun is calling. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah.
0: There's, I mean, there's a lot that I agree in there. I think, I think you hit the nail in the coffin with, with Brock Purdy, me and Trent kind of called this last week. We brought up the um, the regular season games that were at the end of the year when he played, like specifically when he played the Ravens, and we just see time and time again Brock Purdy, um, no pun intended, fumbling on the big stage. And I think that was <laughs> a that was like a the massive story there it was was Brock just struggled the whole entire game. And when 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 he needed it the most, though, you got to give him his credit. When he needed it the most, he drove the ball down the field. It was a good drive drove the ball down the field and got like his team ahead. So obviously got to give respect there, but we're not going to look past the fact that this guy is, is definitely in some hot water right now. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the 49ers side, you know, everyone expected the 49ers to win. So I don't want to like toot their horn too much, but like, I want to talk about the Packers here because this team and Brad also being from the NFC North lions fan uh, bears fan here, you got to, we got to be a little nervous about this Jordan Love guy. I mean, this guy's making unbelievable throws, uh, like looking very similar to Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> retro Aaron Rodgers, like throws off the back foot, like his little jump throw, like the two step. Um, it, they got a young team. They were not even supposed to be near the divisional round yeah. and they almost won. And like, I'm sure it would have been competitive with them the whole way through. So, I, I think we gotta shed a little light on the Packers here and talk about their future because I think this team's gonna be dangerous coming up. If you're asking me,
1: I I mean it. All I'm asking is where do they find these guys? The <laughs> I mean it's the system. It's the they system. They get these hit. guys
0: and they sit them. Yeah, they sit them behind like the Hall of Famer for a couple years. And like, remember? I think it was like last. It wasn't last year. Two years ago. Lo- Jordan Love played for like two games, and like everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's a bust. Like this guy sucks." Yeah. And then like he, they kept him, sat him a whole nother year, and then now he's like incarnate Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, all right, you know, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a thing, and it's a thing.
1: Look, I mean, the tape is still out in in my camp. Like I'm not a full believer. I think he's good, but you know, I I'm I'm just not sure yet. I'm just not really sure, but what I am sure of is that the Packers have the greatest wide receiver development group in the entire NFL because mm. they just draft guys from like, you know, teams that are out of the power five and they always hit Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dob- like. How do they find these guys and they they're better than pretty much every wide receiver the Bears have had in like the past 4 years besides DJ Moore.
0: I don't know if I'm sold on Christian Watson though. I feel he, like I haven't yeah. seen this guy do much. And Jaden Reed is from Michigan State, isn't he? Or is that Wicks? Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. But Wicks Bo is Mel- good too though, wherever he's Bo from. Melton. Where Bo, do these guys come
0: Bo from? Melton, dude when he caught that <laughs> touchdown i was like who is this who is this guy
1: he's been going off but uh, i mean even if they are in the power five like they're getting guys that are like third fifth rounders to just get 100 yard receiving games like it's nothing you know yeah
0: and hey shout out tucker craft bro
1: yeah luke shout musgrave out. like yeah the tight ends bro. you can't miss. you can't
0: count them out they don't they miss. Don't, I will give you that. They don't, miss. I don't
1: understand it. I don't understand it, but you know, p- good for them, I guess. I mean, I, you can't be mad at this point. Like that's just good drafting. Right. You, know? you draft the same players to the bears and our development is trash. So they end up looking like Darno Mooney for their entire career.
0: <laughs> yeah. Spoken like a true bears fan there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, moral of the story, not too much to say about this game besides the fact that the 49ers look a little shaky. Um, Packers have a bright future, and Brock Purdy, low key, struggling in the limelight. But uh Wait,
1: let me let me ask you this. We we didn't really talk about the 49ers defense. What did you think of them?
0: I don't know, dude. I think I think everyone was coming here talking about how they were like, you know, the best in the league and they were gonna shut down everybody in the NFC and I I don't want to say they got exposed. I don't know if they got exposed or Jordan love is just him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if they just like had an off day and like, I like, you can sit here and talk about the rain all you want, but like they gave up 21 to the Packers who Mm -hmm. had no business being there. I, I, I don't want to talk enough about it that because it's going to lead me into this week because I I'm going to have some, some, some stuff to say about like the lions, but I can say that the defense looked a little shoddy and I think this week is going to be another test for them. I think it's going to be an even harder test for them Two high octane offenses coming at each other. I would be a little worried. I would be a little worried if I was a 49ers defense, but I'm not going to speak too much about it. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx anything that's going to happen, <laughs> but what do you think about the 49ers defense?
1: Again, I think they looked shaky. I thought, you know, with, when they got Chase Young for that second-round pick, everyone was saying that they were going to be, you know, a generational yeah. defense. And they've looked good. Like, don't get me wrong. They've looked great. But Jordan Love picked them apart. Like, I'm talking college open receivers with no one around them kind of
0: thing. And didn't they not even have a sack in that game? Like, didn't they have zero sacks? Um, I, don't I mean, wanna, you got I Bosa, Chase Young, and Hargraves, and, and you got, like – zero sacks and like those are the three best yeah there's not another better defensive line in the league than those three at least pass rushing
1: i mean you know the eagles should have been but the eagles you know yeah
0: eagles are frauds they couldn't rush
1: a sorority right now so
0: (laughs) the eagles are fraudulent man we don't need to talk about that bum team for sure all right let's move on (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to the Sunday games here. The Lions defending the den of Ford Field <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As a Lions fan, this game had me pretty nervous. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, nervous not because I was necessarily afraid of the Buccaneers, but nervous because as a Lions fan, just for years I've seen this team hiccup you know, lose by the refs, lose by just like being in their own head, getting in their own way. Lo and behold, this team came through. And I don't know, man. I think they're the truth. Say what you want about the matchup. Say what you (laughs) want about, you know, Baker Mayfield throwing two picks in crucial time. But when, when the Lions needed to score, they scored. And when they needed to play defense, they played defense. And that's something that as a Lions fan... I haven't seen in my entire life when they need to step up and actually do something they did. And I can't say that I've been like a witness to that in my entire life. So that's <laughs> what I have to say. The lions at the end of the day, they got the job done one by eight points they covered, but um, move, now they get to move on and play in the NFC championship. And if you're a lions fan with me, this is, this is dream scenario. This is absolute <laughs> dream scenario. And I was going absolutely nuts after the game, along with all of my uh, Detroit following friends. And um, I'm excited, man. Uh, I thought it was a hard-fought win. Dan Campbell has these boys absolutely on a, on a never-ending motor right now. I'm um, a little worried about the offensive line. There, there's only one guy that's out, like officially. Jonah Jackson is ruled out, I believe. But like Frank Ragnow, our starting center, was like starting on a angle, on a broken ankle and like a, a knee injury. They, they, were just, they were just being dogs. That's all I gotta say. And uh shout out Baker Mayfield. Okay, can't let that be unsaid. Baker Mayfield impressed me. And I think Tampa Bay is definitely gonna offer him the bag this offseason because <laughs> He, I mean, he put up numbers. You, you can't deny that. He put up numbers. He, he put up career numbers. He hasn't done this well his entirety of the NFL, of the entirety of his years in the NFL. So good for him. Uh, again, Tampa Bay, another team that w- had no business being in the divisional round. Yet there they were. So can't give Lions all the flowers, but this matchup, this next week's matchup, is going to be the one that we're talking about. So good win for the Lions. Looking forward to tomorrow, it would be. We're filming
1: on Saturday, so tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Baker Mayfield fan, I'm, I'm willing to say I'm a fan, and I was rooting for Baker. I know you got a soft spot in your heart for Baker as well. Love Baker. But, you know, he's playing your team, so I get it. I thought he obviously wasn't great, but um, you can't take away what he did with a brand-new team, a brand-new system. And let's not get it twisted. That that Tampa Bay defense is the truth. Like they're the mm-hmm. real deal. If they keep everyone and you know their rookies keep balling like they're balling, they're gonna be really good next year. Whether Baker Mayfield is gonna be the leader of the troops, I don't really know. You said he was gonna get the bag. I don't know about all that, but uh, you know he might get a couple. He might get some Derek Carr money, and I guess that is the bag cuz Derek Carr got 70 million but yeah he,
0: there's no reason he should have got that money.
1: Uh he ain't fit to push a broom but you know, <laughs> let's Hey not real quick
0: him. though, you want to know a stat that I saw cuz you were talking about the defense. I saw a stat during the game that uh Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis come, like had like one defensive pass interference call on between both of them the entire season. Really? Like, they – between the two of them, there was only one DPI or something like that.
1: That's an And I was like
0: – I know. That's what I was saying. I was like, whoa. Like, between two corners, like, I think – and it was the best in the league. So, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. an insanely good defense. Yeah. Not enough for the Lions, though. That's all I'm saying.
1: I mean, the Lions should have won by more than eight. That last touchdown they scored, that shouldn't happen. Let's, let's keep it a buck. Like, that was, you know – you guys should have defended that and you never should have let that that last touchdown score. And, Dude, uh, did
0: you see some of the throws that Baker Mayfield was making though?
1: I I mean, he is he's him. Let's not, That touch
0: or that that 40-yard pass or whatever to Mike Evans was insane. I thought okay. that was I thought that was cracked.
1: You got a generational receiver though, like he's like 6-6. So um but uh I thought the Lions played great. I thought they were really good, you know, could have been better on defense. You obviously don't want to let yeah. up some of those, some of those points, but right. it's fine. Um, let me ask you this, Ethan. Would you, if you were Kyle Shanahan, would okay. you rather have Brock Purdy or Baker Mayfield? Baker. Really? Why? Dude. And
0: I, and I said this on the, I said this, on the, I'm a huge Baker guy. First of all, I said this on the podcast last week, but If I'm a team that's, like, in the playoffs, selling out stadiums, there's, like, little – there's a little amount of quarterbacks I would rather have than Baker Mayfield leading the charge. What? That guy – dude, listen. (laughs) That guy knows how to get a stadium popping, all right? Yeah. That guy will tuck the ball, lower his shoulder, and, like, flex on whoever he just ran over, and the stadium will go nuts, bro. Like, he has – he has like that okay this is going to be an outrageous comparison so like take it with a grain of salt he's got that curry effect bro where he can like take over a game he can take over a game at will he makes a couple throws he runs for 12 yards he does his little first down thing the the momentum can switch entirely if you give baker an inch of like pride to stand on like Mm -hmm. the entirety the entire momentum can switch so if i'm the 49ers with the team that I have and like you because I think if you're in the 49ers position you cannot like bow your heads like they did last week to the Green Bay Packers like they, yeah. they I think they got embarrassed in a way last week like Rusty. they are supposed to be this team you know so like yeah. there's I would want like a Baker Mayfield kind of guy who like knows who they are and they know what they stand mm-hmm. for and they know they're the best yeah. you know I mean that's I just me know. though
1: I don't know like what your your Twitter presence looks like, but a lot of people were sending not sending, but like tweeting the videos of Brock Purdy walking into the stadium. And they were like, name a more swaggerless QB, just because of the way that Brock like dresses and stuff. And it's whatever. Like you can dress however you want. So I didn't think anything of it. But like Baker Mayfield might be the king of swag as far as quarterbacks go in the NFL. Because you know, Mahomes is kind of cheesy. Josh Allen is, like, whatever my talk on the field is going to make up for it. Right. But, uh, you know, Baker's swag is an aura. And like you're saying, like, he can take over a stadium just with how he, like, operates an offense and how. Right. Like, when he trucked that dude this year and then he was like, weight room, little boy. Like, that was the funny.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's the kind of guy that's the kind of guy you want on your team when you're like winning mm-hmm. you you want that guy that's going to get in. Everybody said you, and he's like so widely hated by the opposing team, you know, oh, like yeah. everyone's like oh, hit yeah. him. Like, but like, that's mm-hmm. kind of what fuels him, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, that's a good question. I, I would obviously take Baker
1: though. I'm a big Baker guy. Um, I think Baker's a better player anyways. So
0: yeah. yeah. People
1: are Brock Purdy stands. They're going to hate me. They're like, who is
0: this guy? i hope i hope there's no brock purdy stands on here that'd be awkward moving into the last game quite possibly the best game out of all of them with the highest stakes unfortunate loss for the buffalo bills to weirdly my hometown kansas city chiefs um yeah i know it's, it's, it's it sounds weird to say it sounds weird to say This is like the team here. Everyone's a Chiefs fan. Like, it's weird. Kansas City Chiefs continue to shut down the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills cannot get the monkey off the back. They lose again in the divisional round. Sad day for Buffalo. Extremely great day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Brad, um, did you watch this one? What did you think? I
1: watched this one with a microscope. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) with a microscope. I – I mean do you ever get this feeling like when a kicker is stepping up to take the kick? Yeah, can already tell. You can yep. already tell if they're going to miss or hit it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So like when Anders Carlson took that kick for the Packers against the 49ers and he missed, I called that one. Like I Ugh. you know, there's just certain yeah. kickers that I can just see by their body language walking up I'm like you're like yeah, he's not ready. Is, sorry they're getting it at at the 35 sorry to tell you but anyways i called it on the tyler bass kick as well as soon as i saw how he was he was walking up i was like damn you know (laughs) this buffalo is about to be heartbroken and i i am wearing a josh allen jersey like this was my trophy for our other fantasy football league that we're in so shout out any of you guys if you're listening um double champ here just got to mention that. Oh, uh, gosh. Anyways, so I was watching him step up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's about to miss. And Tyler Bass has been shoddy all year, like on the big kicks, you know? No, so, dude.
0: He's one of the most clutch kickers
1: in all, of mm, all time, dude, in the playoffs. I don't know about that. I thought
0: he was like five this for five year, in like under two minutes.
1: This year, he's been mid. I know that for sure because I had him on my fantasy team and I was like, this dude is missing kicks left and right. And as soon as I saw him walking up there and I don't, I wish I remembered what the announcer said, but he said something along the lines of like, oh, Tyler Bass, just one of the greatest kickers in the NFL right now. And then he they kicks the ball too much. and yeah. And he just goes, Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's wide. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, the boogeyman does it again. He gets another win in the playoffs and he's going to the AFC championship six years as a starter. It's just wild.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we're filming this podcast a week after the game because I I was fairly heated after that game had ended. I definitely wanted to see the Chiefs lose. And Brad, you actually firsthand heard my rant. Um, hmm. Right out the
1: gate. I did, yeah.
0: I came firing right away at Josh Allen just for his – the way that he handled the last drive of the game. Upon upon further reflection, so for, for those of you that obviously haven't heard my rant, um, I was so mad because those last two plays before the fourth down kick that they missed, he missed like two open receivers – like to gain some more yards. And I was upset because I was like, why does he feel like he needs to why does he feel like he needs to end the game on a touchdown instead of just getting his team in a better position to advance the ball to score, to tie it up possibly? Why does he feel like he needs to take matters into his own hands? Now, that was my initial take. Upon further reflection, yes, that remains true, I think, but He did what he needed to do in that game. He didn't turn the ball over. And our big segment last week was on how Josh Allen's like second out of all quarterbacks um, in interceptions, has one of the worst pass attempt to interception ratio. And he didn't throw a pick. He didn't fumble. He ran for two touchdowns, threw a good ball, and a lot of... Yeah, yeah. Um, But there was a lot of other things that just went wrong in that game like the defense failed to stop the run i think pacheco was kind of having his way they um,
1: had the most banged up defense in the nfl
0: yeah it was rough it was did, rough and did
1: you hear them throughout the broadcast and they're like oh gosh another linebacker just got injured they only have you know three left on the entire team <laughs> that's bizarre it's like yeah so it's like you know they got third string linebackers in there. secondary was you know not great i mean Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are the the most overrated safety duo in the entire league,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Von Miller, he got twenty million this year to get. I don't even think he had one sack, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean Kansas City owns them, just like just like the Packers on the Bears. Sorry, yep. Brad. that was no, a cheap, you're, shot. Was a no cheap one, shot. No one,
1: <laughs> no one's mad about that one, you know.
0: But uh sorry Bills fans, you got to wait another year. Um, me and Trent had claimed that this was the year that the Bills needed to do it. If they were going to do it any year, it had to have been last week. Terrible um, take. The chi- I mean the Chiefs haven't looked good all year. You know, this is the <laughs> first year where the Chiefs kind of looked bad. Yeah. You know, like so they had that going in. It was the first road game for Patrick Mahomes in his whole career. Like this was the year to get bad it done. Aggie
1: effect. That's the Matt Nagy effect right there.
0: Yeah, apparently. So now we got the um, Chiefs on the road against the Ravens. And we'll kind of move into that right now. Brad, you want to give our little uh, our picks for next week? What do you think? Let's start with the let's start with the Lions and 49ers. 49ers currently favored seven and a half points. Um Lions traveling to San Francisco. Is this the early game or the night game?
1: Night. Oh, game. this is
0: the night. This is the night game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you think has to happen here and who do you got in this one?
1: So if the lions are going to win this game, they have to play. Okay. Obviously number one run defense in the NFL right here. Shout out to Dan Campbell. Shout out the boys in the trenches. They've been holding it down. No one's running on the lions. Rashad white looked like a ghost out there. Um, but they're going up against the great white hope and they're going up against the best running team in the NFL. So we have a immovable object versus an unstoppable force. And so they need to be immovable. They have to stop the run. They have to stop the stupid screen passes that they love to do. And, you know, give Christian McCaffrey 70 yards receiving when all Brock Purdy did was throw it, you know, two yards behind him anyways they have to stop the run debo samuel is playing he was hurt they have to stop um you know they have to stop him as well cuz he's going to run the ball a little bit they're going to get shifty they're going to try that jet sweep all the time so they have to stop the run and they have to make brock purdy spin the rock and that's how they're going to get their wins because that secondary is good it's not you know the best in the it's not great. playoffs not the best in the playoffs right now, but they need to make Brock Purdy spin the rock and they need to get some picks. If they win the takeover battle, take turnover battle. Sorry. (laughs) I think they can win this game. They're like seven point underdogs. And I think that's a little bit disrespectful. I think the Niners looked mid last week. And I think I would much rather have Jared Goff in that offense. well, I'd rather have Jared Goff. I don't know about the offense, you know. Yeah, it's not as many, not as many big names on that offense. But I think it's winnable if they stop Christian McCaffrey. They can make Brock Purdy spin the rock. Then you know they can get some picks because Brock has been, eh, hit or miss. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of am right with you on that. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say we need to stop so-and-so and so-and-so because there's like nine guys that we need to stop on that offense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's not just – it's unfortunately, it's not as easy as saying stop Christian McCaffrey because they have like three other pro bowlers on that team. So mm-hmm. what, I, what I left it at, though, I obviously want to make Brock Purdy throw the ball. That's number one. But number two, I want to not only make him throw it, I want to make him throw it to the outside. I think Brock Purdy loves throwing it inside to, you know, Kittle, Ayuk coming on slants or, you know, deep posts. I would love to see the Lions kind of pack the middle and especially make him throw to the long side of the field. I think Brock Purdy's mindset is a state of uncomfortability right now. And I think Kyle Shanahan is going to come out the gate, want to get him in a rhythm early, and make throws that um, Brock is comfortable making, you know, Mm -hmm. those like short passes, slants. So I think if we can, you know, make him throw difficult throws early, kind of get him off of his rhythm, that would be something that I would want to see. Obviously we'll see what happens, but yeah, a lot of guys we need to stop. I think it's, I think it's just going to be a back and forth battle. Give me the lions. um, Obviously I think that speaks for itself as a, as a lions fan. We're gonna be in our uh, our first Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. Give a give I, us that one. We would love
1: to see that. I th- I don't think you know even being a quote unquote fan of a team in the NFC North, like I want to see you guys there, the the lovable Lions. You know, yeah. I think you're America's team right now. So
0: <laughs> yeah, not the Cowboys, not the Cowboys. Hell, oh, no. <laughs> God, no. um. Oh shoot, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I said I was gonna say uh the script says that the 49ers are gonna win though. So I don't know if you're a conspiracy guy, but Oh, I am last last game, Ravens and Chiefs. Brad, I think the Ravens are gonna win pretty handily. Um, but in a segment down the line, I, I think I I have to introduce some sort of uh mix in there i think the i think the ravens should win this but if we're getting into conspiracies the script would be more profitable if the chiefs were in the super bowl if they get taylor swift sitting box i think that gives them a reason to uh you know put her on the camera a little bit more maybe give her her own little segment mid-game i think uh fans are gonna tune in a lot more if they see t swift in the box Care to, speak on, care to speak on the script or just the outcome of this game overall?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, uh, you know, if there is a script, Taylor Swift needs to be at the Super Bowl. And yeah. let's be honest, Taylor Swift could not care less about the Super Bowl if Travis Kelsey ain't playing in it, you know? Right, right. She might make a little cute post on her story or something, but so is every other girl in America that day. So, <laughs> um Let's uh, let's talk about the script. I think, you know, the Ravens on paper should be beating the heads in of the Chiefs. Oh, and yeah. I think the Chiefs have gotten a lot of lucky breaks. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is uh, personally the least likable NFL player just because of how much he cries to the refs and, yeah. you know, the little – things that he does you know in game on the sideline you know walk his into antics the locker room. his antics like he has this aura about him that is just so annoying like I can't even put my <laughs> finger on it and so I want to see Lamar Jackson just punish this Chiefs team just punish them yeah. I'm talking like punish the Bengals in 2019, you know, all these spins and everything, <laughs> just making them look silly. Uh, but that Kansas City defense is the real deal. And so, you know, it'll definitely be a test. I don't think we're going to see like a 17-point win, personally. Right, Patrick Holmes is still a great player. And uh, that Baltimore defense is different. They – they are swarming around that ball. You know, they don't let anything happen. And uh, I think <laughs> I think uh, this game could be a low-scoring bout, personally. But, you know, I think – You think I, it's going to be low-scoring? I do. And I think the Ravens are going to win it, you know, not handedly, not by a lot, but, like, you know, they're going to make a statement and it's not really going to be close in game, but the score might be close, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a little different in that way. I think this is actually going to be a high-scoring game. Really? Total total is set at 44-and-a-half. The Ravens are currently favored by four-and-a-half points. I personally think I, – I mean, I think the Ravens are going to win, but I think the Chiefs are going to cover, and I think that this is going to be an overgame personally. Um what makes I you just say that? I just see – two of the great quarterbacks that we have in the game right now. And I think like um, Vegas wants us to think this is like going to be a defensive game. You know, Baltimore's got the best defense of the game, but at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, some people are saying he's the goat right now and um, the goat's going to make goat plays. He's going to make, he's going to score points, whether, whether what defense is out there, he's going to score. You know, he scored against the bills, Travis Kelsey grabbed a couple, But I I think the Ravens are going to put up a ton of points too, not just the Chiefs. You know, I think Mm. the Ravens have one of the most high-octane offenses in all of the NFL. Lamar literally cannot be stopped. So I think this is going to go pretty back and forth, if you want my honest opinion. I think the Ravens win, Chiefs cover.
1: You're sounding like you got the script. I I hope so. I I think that this game is kind of weird, right? Two no one's talking about how we have two juggernaut tight ends on both sides of the ball. Mark Andrews is back in. Isaiah oh, likely back. held it. Yeah. Uh Isaiah likely held it down while he was gone. Caught a significant amount of touchdowns. But anyways, um the receivers are not really, you know, this isn't a game of receive big name receivers, right? You know, mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice and you know. Kadarius Toney is out, which I think is huge for the Ravens. You know, he's worth, like, two points, basically, for the Ravens because he's going to drop at least 10 balls. But, um, you know, the the receivers on the Ravens side, I mean, OBJ, like, take it or leave it. Zay Flowers has been good, but he's, you know, he's small. He's not, like, a huge target in the red zone or anything. He's fast, but um, – right. I could see this being a, a big running run the ball kind of game, you know, mm. and uh, the Ravens are much better against the run. I think the Chiefs' secondary has been good, very good, but you know, not elite elite uh, by any means.
0: Okay. So, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you have closing things you wanted to say on that?
1: I'm going with the under personally, okay. I think, uh, I think you know you said the over, but I'm I'm gonna say the under. I think uh, I'm gonna take the over three and a half. Mahomes walking up to the ref, crying about some call <laughs> that he didn't get.
0: Yeah, and, that's uh, gonna be absolute hammer. The over on that.
1: Yeah, I'm taking Lamar to score a tutty. Um, okay. So that's that's my personal picks.
0: Well, all right. Um, that's all we got for the meat and potatoes. It's pretty heavily NFL. Um, I would be remiss if we did not at least mention a little bit of the NBA. I don't know if the NBA commissioner or whoever runs things over there. I don't Hmm. know if they heard me last week, but this has been one of the best offensive performances in a week of NBA that we've seen in a long time. We had Joel Embiid scoring 70, Carl Anthony Towns scoring 62. And then a few days later, um, Devin Booker having – 62 and then Luca having 70. So uh, all-star performances all around. We're not going to talk too much about that because nothing extremely notable happened in the NBA outside of that. But uh, let's get into our next segment here, Brad. We're going to move into the throne room in the doghouse. This is the segment where we go back and forth giving who we believe deserves a spot in the throne room. So somebody who has been favorable this past week. And then we give our picks for somebody that belongs in the doghouse, somebody who's been less favorable over the past Mm -hmm. week. So Brad, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with the throne room pick because we always start with the throne room pick and I kind of want to stay on brand here. We were just talking about the Ravens. I'm going to give my throne room pick to Lamar Jackson. Mm, I think he absolutely deserves it. He is basically the unanimous MVP at this point, or he will be in my opinion, um, this guy has been doing insane things all regular season and first game in the playoffs. Again, insane things rushes for a hundred yards. He is basically showing that the, uh, the media, the, the fans, nothing's really getting to him. He's not handled or he's He's not sinking under the pressure. And um, when he got drafted, he vowed that he would bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore. And it's very much looking like it's going to be close to happening this year. So. Got to give my flowers to Lamar Jackson. Got to give him the crown. Brad, mm-hmm. where are you at in your throne room pick? I'm
1: uh, I'm going to jump back to the NBA. Um, I need to give some flowers to my favorite NBA player. And that would be Luka Doncic. Uh, <laughs> like you mentioned, he had 73 points, which is absurd. And, uh, you know, there's... A lot of debate on whether you know he will ever be able to win a championship, an MVP, anything like that, because you know he he has personal accolades. He you know scores triple doubles when he wants. He gets every point that he wants. You know he's crazy from the free throw r- line. I mean, he's a six seven point guard, so he pretty much does whatever he wants. But um, he uh, not great like, you know, the record for the Mavs, like winning wise has been not great since he's been there. Hasn't had a lot of help. I didn't really know why they went and got Kyrie Irving last year. Like, yeah, that was know, a
0: questionable like, play.
1: In, in what way do you need another point guard? You know, but anyways, um, I think he's in the throne room. I think he deserves some, you know, some players, some help better than Grant Williams. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what the boy Mark Cuban is doing over there, but he's not doing himself any favors. He's got a generational talent on his hands, and he just right. needs the right pieces and the right coach. And, uh, you know, he could be winning championships. So um, he's in my throne room. I'm hoping that he gets some help. Um, and I, I just love the way he plays. So I wanted to give him some flowers.
0: You know, Brad, they used to tell me that I played like Luka Doncic. <laughs> Yeah,
1: in fifth, in fifth grade when you hit your growth <laughs> spurt before anyone else.
0: <laughs> oh No, I love Luca, Luca though. Um, very, very good player. I think he br- brings a different skill set to the NBA that we're not really used to seeing. He slows the game down a little bit, which mm-hmm. is something I always appreciate. He's, he has some of the best body control out of mm-hmm. all of the NBA players, similar to Kyrie. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why they got him. Two guys that know what to do like and how to use the body to their advantage. Yeah, um, I, mean, I definitely love that pick, though.
1: Kyrie is just one of the most questionable human beings, not only in the <laughs> NBA but on Earth. So, um, not sure that it's really a great fit over there in uh, in Dallas. But you know, whatever. Um, now, Ethan, I saw this on I saw this on Twitter, and I wanted to ask this um, to you because someone was, you know. Posting pictures of Luca and his seventy-three poster, whatever paper. And people were saying, Explain this in NFL terms. How would you explain Luka Doncic scoring 73 points in NFL terms? Oh man,
0: how would I explain? I know I'm,
1: I'm kind of I, putting I you mean, in the spot, but
0: Yeah, I, I would say something along the lines of because like Luca is a top five player in the league. He's mm-hmm. not like in goat conversations so i think this would be something like josh allen having like 500 passing yards and like (laughs) four touchdowns yeah because like it's somebody who's like not in goat conversation but like one of the best players in the league still and then just doing something absolutely outrageous so yeah that's what i would say
1: doing outrageous things you know but when it comes down to getting it done on the scoreboard and, you know, actually getting that W doesn't always happen. So Josh Allen is a great answer.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's <clears throat> the throne room Two two guys well-deserving of their crowns, but now we're going to, uh, give a couple individuals slash organizations. If you want a teaser, we're going to give them their dog collars because they are headed to the doghouse this week. Brad, do you want to kick us off? And then, then I can finish it up.
1: I do. Um, not to – I'm going to touch on two things, I think, here. One is the Chicago Bears, hmm. and I guess maybe Ryan Poles, the GM. You have three, four generational coaches available in free agency in the NFL, and you don't even try to get them. You know, I, that doesn't really make sense to me. Iberflus uh, is the answer, uh, uh, apparently. <laughs> but you know, I saw Jim Harbaugh this week. He went to you know he's officially going to the L.A. Chargers. Good and for that, him. That good for him. No, for real. But that that broke my heart a little bit. That mm. uh, to see that happen, it's like you know what are what are we doing? You know, yeah. so that's my first one is the Bears and their questionable. You know, no Bill Belichick, no. Mike Vrabel, no Jim Harbaugh. And then this last guy, he's also in the doghouse, Pete Carroll. Is he, like, you know, red flagged by the NFL or something? Or, you know, why is he not – like, I don't see anything on Twitter of people being like, oh, Pete Carroll just interviewed with the the Falcons. Like, no one's even interviewing him. So he has to be in the doghouse in some way because (laughs) – you know, why is no one looking at this? You know, he's a great coach. I don't really understand. He why is, no one is. But, you
0: know, he's pretty him. old, man. Maybe he's just taking life a little slower these days.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. He might just, like, not be taking calls and he's like, I'm going to retire or, you know, I'm going to go coach my grandson's football team or whatever. Literally. Like, literally. Pull about, Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about an NCAA champion, a Super Bowl champion, you know, I don't, I don't understand why he's not getting any calls. So he has to be did, in the dog Did ops. he win the Super Bowl with the Seahawks? Yeah, he, I don't think they won. Yeah, they did. Are you kidding me, Russell when? Wilson? When did they beat the the Panthers? Uh, oh, not the Panthers. No, it They're couldn't have been the, the Panthers. MC. Was
0: it the Broncos? Did they beat the
1: Broncos. I think it was the Broncos. I Someone's... just remember
0: I thought the only time they were in the Super Bowl was when he threw that pick on the one yard line.
1: They should have won two, but they only won one.
0: So okay, okay. Um, yeah. All right, I didn't know. I, I that's a kind of Super Bowl era that I'm not like super like knowledgeable on. Is like 10, 10, eight years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's in the doghouse with somebody with Roger Goodell. I, you know, I don't know <laughs> who he's in the doghouse with, but you know, he's not taking any calls, which is a, absurd to me.
0: So. Yeah, I I, I I can see why you'd put him there. I kind of took a, a, different, a different direction about it. I don't know why people aren't talking about this more. I would love to be one of the first people to bring this to light. Hmm. But how come nobody is talking about the potential uh, groundbreaking downfall of the Alabama Crimson Tide football team? I think this team is their legacy is about over. In my opinion, really, I think since Nick Nick Saban has departed, that's no news to anybody. And I wasn't no red flags were being raised to me at that point. You're okay, obviously the poor guy. We'll see how he does. We'll see how he does in the SEC. But all I'm saying is as soon as Nick Saban leaves 2 five star recruit freshmen. Uh, Caleb Downs, freshman safety, number one recruit in his class. And Julian Sain, isn't that his name? Julian Sain, the five-star quarterback, both transfer out. And I think by what I'm seeing is that people were under the assumption that they were going to play for Nick Saban. Now life comes along, obviously Nick Saban. Um, he's done his time. He doesn't need to coach anymore. He's, he's the goat of college football coaching. Yeah. It's called spade a spade. That's fair. Um, But now that he's gone, if players aren't getting to the allure to play for Nick Saban, then I think this team is going to start doing worse and worse as the years come down. And I think that the talent is starting to spread a little bit. I think we're seeing a nuance in the college football realm. So to me, Alabama – I mean, it should have been a couple weeks ago, but I want to put Alabama in the doghouse just to get the pot stirring a little bit. I think they – Th- their their loss of recruits is something that's going to eventually come back and sting them, but that's why they are in my doghouse. Any comments on that?
1: Uh, I think you're underestimating Kalen DeBoer. Maybe he he's the real deal. You know, maybe I couldn't mean, get it done against Michigan. I mean, he won like 17 straight or something I don't even know I couldn't even tell you but they won an absurd amount of games uh consecutively you know obviously between two seasons but whatever um no you're right Michigan handed him a a towel and they said go ahead and throw this um but I think I think Alabama will be fine I think they're gonna be fine they're they're not gonna get the allure that they used to when you have the greatest coach of all time Mm -hmm. but uh You know, they're not going to be trash. I think they'll still be in the conversation to win the SEC. But, um, you know, if it doesn't go well this first year, though, it's going to be tough. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like if they lose to Tennessee and Georgia or something like that, like it's going to be very questionable.
0: Right. No, I totally agree. So it's definitely going to be something to watch as next year comes along. Maybe that take will come back and bite me in the butt. So hopefully not. I would like to see Alabama hit the brakes for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We're coming up on an hour here, so I kind of want to get moving through these next segments. We're going to keep this one pretty quick. Let's go ahead and move to our gambling picks. Always, folks, gamble responsibly. Um, But let's move on to the lockbox. The lockbox is a pick that we have that we think for sure is going to hit. I can start there. I have Mahomes. Over one and a half passing touchdowns. I think when push comes to shove, you always want to rely on your best players on the on the largest of stages. And I think Mahomes is a lock for over one and a half passing touchdowns. I think if the Ravens do what they should do and you know get an early lead, it'll make Mahomes have to throw a little bit more and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully throw a little bit more touchdowns. So give me Mahomes over one and a half. What about you, Brad? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, this is gonna be. Like, I've already shown my hand here, but I bet on this last week, and it didn't hit, and it should have, So I was very upset. Brock Purdy to throw one interception. That's all I want. (laughs) I know I've said I don't like Brock Purdy. I don't usually hate on a player this much, but there was two or three times last week where he was throwing the ball And it was hitting Packers DBs in the hands, and they were dropping it. And I'm screaming at the TV, like, catch the ball. Like, you know, put some honey on the gloves. Like, I don't know what you got (laughs) to do, but catch the dang ball, right? And it sounds like Friday Night Lights over here. But um, I'm taking it again. I think, you know, if the Lions really are the real deal on the line and they stop the run, He's going to have to throw the ball, whether it's screen passes, down the field, slants, die, you, you know, those big throws, the kittle, whatever. Um, He's going to have to do that. And I think the Lions DBs are way better schematically and talent-wise than the Packers are. And he is going to throw a pick. It has to happen after last week.
0: Hey, I'm going to be rooting for that for you, man. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even (laughs) wagering on it
1: it's i'm running it back so you know give me brock purdy to throw an interception it's usually like minus 105 or something so basically pick them but uh over 0.05 interception
0: word i like that now we're gonna move on to our snake eyes pick so uh snake eyes a pick that usually is plus money i like to keep mine um plus 200 odds or um lower So for my snake eyes pick, I am going to go with a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown (laughs) at plus 230. Mm. I think that the Chiefs have a very good secondary um, in terms of their cornerbacks and safeties. I think short middle is going to be kind of the area that they're at. And Mark Andrews is coming back for a game. So I think this is Lamar's one of Lamar's favorite targets. So I think he's going to be looking for him, especially in the red zone. Give me a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown at plus
1: 230. Mm. I like that a lot, and I probably will put some money on that. But uh, I – so it's a little bit of a parlay because I I wasn't really sure where to go with this, and I was kind of shopping around uh, last night, actually. And I'm looking at the anytime touchdown scores, and I was very surprised to see how far down the line David Montgomery was. I understand that, you know, Jameer Gibbs and they split the backfield a little bit. But, you know, when push comes to shove and you're within the five yard line, you give it to the guy that's not going to fumble. I think he's a little bit stronger. He's more of a bruiser, you know, run it up the gut kind of guy. So uh, I want David Montgomery in there. I think Amon Ross St. Brown was the most likely to score a touchdown in that game. And then it was, you know, besides Christian McCaffrey. And then it was, you know, like IU Kittle. Uh, Debo, and then it was uh, David Montgomery. So give me David. I really like David to score, and uh, I really like Lamar to score as well. I think that um, the way that that Kansas City defense kind of operates is they like to flush guys, but they don't really get a lot of sacks. Like they flush right. him out, and they you know they get him out of the pocket, which Lamar Jackson is probably the best quarterback at getting out of the pocket and getting downfield. Oh, yeah. So if they get, you know, in the red zone and they're on the 10 or the 5, I like him to run it in. My understanding is that Gus Edwards is injured. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's doubtful. (laughs) I got inside information. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's doubtful for the game. I didn't check today, but uh, he was doubtful yesterday. That's an interesting uh, development. So they, they added Dalvin Cook. So maybe he's going to be taken over or Justice Hill is going to take over. Whatever. Yeah. Less competition. Give me Lamar Jackson and uh, David Montgomery to score a touchdown. I believe it's right around plus 275. So that will be my uh, snake eyes pick.
0: love that for you. Both got, both got some anytime touchdowns and mm-hmm. some ATDs um move on moving on to our next segment we got two more segments here we got the the double tech where we give a hot take i know we've given a lot of hot takes already so far this one can be sports related or non-sports related i'm gonna keep mine non-sports related here i was gonna make mine about the buffalo bills but i think we've harped on them enough um i gotta i gotta take for you brad i got a double take for you and I don't necessarily know if this is even hot. This could be just me. This could be how a lot of people feel. But I am out on large supermarkets. big supermarkets I am out on. I am not a Walmart fan. I am selling Walmart right now. I want that to be said. Selling Walmart, gotcha. I am I am against big supermarket that you know, that that group because listen, I got a couple reasons. One, it is so easy to get lost in there. So easy. <laughs> and I get the draw to the big supermarket. It's a place where you can get groceries, clothes, electronics, auto care, all in the same place. It makes sense, right? But I'm not really trying to spend three business hours in a Walmart. Yeah. I, if I'm going in there to get groceries, I'm just going to go to a small supermarket or a smaller supermarket. I'm a big fries guy, Safeway, Baker's you know, high uh, V, places like that, um, you know how I feel about, you know, rewards programs. But uh, listen, I go into Walmart and I probably buy, I, I only buy what I need. So like I buy the groceries that I need for that next week. I go back the next week and get exactly what I need. I am in there for an outrageous amount of time because I cannot find the cranberries. And dude, I like <laughs> literally walked in circles around three different aisles. Like, literally went like this. And then, and then I, I finally had to download the Walmart app, search cranberry, dude, I'm serious. I was so upset. I was so upset. And I like, it was like in in an aisle that I'd already been on. And then it was like, I go to the aisle and they're like on the very bottom, like in this little crease. And I'm like, this would have never happened. (laughs) This would have never happened if I was in a
1: Safeway or a baker's.
0: So I am out on big supermarket. I'm out.
1: How do you feel about Meyer Then that's a pretty big supermarket.
0: I haven't been to Wal- i haven't been to Meijer in a long time, okay. so I'm—I'm I'm not going to speak on that specifically. This rant was about Walmart specifically. Okay,
1: you're out on Walmart. Then do you have another player in the game that you're also out on? Like, what about Target?
0: See, I don't hold Target in the same conversation as I hold Walmart because I think walmart presents a larger selection of like it's like more of a grocery store than target is Mm -hmm. and i think they and like target i feel like is more of like a home goods store where like they have like their own kind of like brands of things i don't know i hold i hold walmart in a different respect than target personally okay
1: yeah target's a little bit more high-end yeah not high-end high-end like a mariano's but it's it's high-end um I don't hate that. I don't really go to Walmart. The only place yeah. I shop consistently don't. is Meyer. and uh, this place by me called Caputo's, but that's like more of a local spot. Um, I mean, Walmart has certain things, though. You, you just can't get as cheap as you're going to get it at Walmart just because, right. you know, quality is probably low, but whatever. <laughs>
0: Exactly. No, you're right. And like it's it, people, but here's the thing, dude. People claim that the groceries are cheaper, and I just haven't seen that. I haven't mm. seen it. Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's more expensive than a, like a more neighborhood friendly supermarket. So that's all I got to say. Obviously, like I think they have some good deals like in the non grocery section. So if I'm like looking for like items, I would for sure go to Walmart. But if I'm like getting groceries, I'm not coming within a two-mile radius of a Walmart. I'll tell you that much.
1: hmm Yeah. Um, so for my hot take, I'm kind of sort of in the same boat. This wasn't, like, intentional or anything. But um, I – so my hot take is that I hate Starbucks. Oh. And I, don't, I don't even <laughs> – I don't even know if that's a hot take. It's Starbucks is so hit or miss. Like certain people are like, "Oh my gosh, I love it. I go there all the time." And other people are like, you know, "Oh, screw Starbucks. Starbucks sucks, whatever, blah blah blah." Yeah. Starbucks for me is like the only good thing about it is that I can order online, walk in, grab my drink and walk out, right? You don't got to mess around with lines. You don't got to mess around with like, you know, people you know, Oh, what we want this? Like, and then they get your order wrong or whatever. I personally am a black coffee drinker or I'll drink like Americano, which is just espresso and water. And I'll get that iced, um, which is usually my order there, but I drink it black. So there's not a lot of things that go into it. So when I do go into Starbucks, which I just did recently, because I like, didn't, I don't know if you, do you use their app at all? You're big. App oh yeah. Guy. I'm a big yeah. app user. Big okay. App so you user. know, you know, when you load money on the Starbucks app, you can only load like 10, $10 minimums or whatever. Yeah. Which is obviously not a lot. But I have like, I think it's like three, $3 on there just floating because the I can't get anything cheap enough to buy it. And I'm like, I don't want to mm. load another $10 on here. So I was like, I'll just go into the Starbucks and order something. I probably waited in a line for like... <laughs> 15 20 minutes just to get up there you know because people are ordering all these random things and starbucks has some good things like i like the refreshers too but uh you know i get up there and this girl's like oh hi you know give me your name blah 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 and i'm like yeah can i get a uh a large iced americano and she's like uh, venti or whatever, whatever it's called, you know, I, I, this is such a boomer thing and I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, they have different names for their drinks and I never remember them. And I'm just like, I, I don't know, like whatever your large is. And she's like, all right. And so she gives it, she like orders it and she's like, do you want anything in there? And I was like, no, I just want it black. Like, no, nothing added. The look that this girl gave me was like, I just threw my Yeah, shot. She's not,
0: she's not used to your kind in there. No,
1: she's not. She gave me the look of like, I just backhanded my child out in public or something. Oh my and she just looked at me so weird. And I was like, all right, well, you know, you don't got to be that disrespectful about it anyways. So I get my drink. I go out of there and the amount of ice that's in this damn cup, sorry, for my <laughs> language, this cup is 95% ice. And well, she's probably looking at you like, why didn't you just make this at home?
0: Why did you have to come waste my time as a barista?
1: Because (laughs) they make serious. Because I can't make an espresso drink, right? Like an iced coffee and iced Americano are completely different flavors. And uh, so when I order on the app, I already have my order like staged up, right? And I always get light ice. And I forgot to tell her that. So I literally got a cup of ice and like three teaspoons of coffee in this thing. And I was just like, I was like, that is enough to make a man quit. So I I'm out on Starbucks for right now. Yeah.
0: I, I think I can line pretty well up with you with that. Just like, but only like ordering in person. I am out on ordering in person as well, but I think that app is one of the best rewards programs out there right now. If we're talking about, uh the the rewards game starbucks is running the game right now for sure
1: i have so many stars that i don't know how to use
0: dude you you use them on a free drink man literally how many
1: do you need to get a
0: 200 200
1: 200 i think i have 25
0: 25 stars if you want to take off like an add-on like to make an add-on free and then 400 stars if you're like myself i'm a big uh i like to like keep a nice rotation of mugs in so every time i get 400 stars i'll i'll get like a starbucks mug but they're not that good they're not that good mm. i'm out in the starbucks I, mug
1: i probably have like 400 450 stars i think
0: yeah you could get yourself a couple free drinks man it's only 200 stars
1: i sound like the biggest boomer right now yeah you do. You, do. <laughs> you do a little bit sorry guys. but
0: hey that's okay oh uh, that's okay but i hear you on that sometimes Dude, it's. I think ordering coffee sometimes is like getting a bad haircut. Like, oh yeah. When you get it, you just like don't have the nerve to say you don't like it, and you're just like, uh, thanks. And then you just kind of walk out and then like immediately throw it away, or just like take two sips and then you're like, well, there goes seven yeah. dollars. Same thing as a haircut. You get a bad haircut and you just like don't have the heart to tell them like that they kind of messed you up a little bit.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, So that's my take there, Um, Brad. Thanks for sharing. I I love Starbucks. I'm a big Starbucks guy, but ordering in person is 100 percent a terrible experience. So I feel you. We're going to get into our last segment here, closing up the show with a little reflection and projection here. Um, Folks, last week, if you tuned in, if you did not tune in, make sure to go back and watch the most recent episode titled It's Gonna Be Interesting. We uh on last episode we quizzed Trent on the 2013-2014 San Francisco 49ers. And <laughs> that guy knew a lot more than I thought he did about them. Trent is that the is
1: Kaepernick abs- era.
0: It is the Kaepernick era. Trent right. is a wizard with the names. So that was it was kind of <laughs> cool to witness that. Um, got a lot of positive reviews about that segment. So we're going to bring it back here. We're keeping it. We're going to try and keep it in Brad's wheelhouse. He didn't have a lot of time to prepare. He didn't have a lot of time to kind of do his thing. He was called off the bench today. But today. Can I tell keeping... a
1: little story about that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was literally laying down for a nap and Ethan texts me and he's like, you live right now? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And then he calls me and he explains he needs help on this sports podcast. And I'm like, Dude, sub me in. So I knew I didn't, I knew you were in, bro. I I was like, time to tie the sneakers, but I was like, I'm in, coach. We got it.
0: Yeah. Because in my mind, you know, Trent told me like, he was like, yeah, for sure. Like, still, still run the podcast. Uh, see if you can find somebody else. I like knew in my mind, I was like, if Brad is not working right now, he is a hundred percent down for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, here we are. So, Folks, without further ado, we are going to test Brad's knowledge here. Keeping the 10 year theme, Brad, we're going to see how many players you can name on the 2013 2014 (laughs) Chicago Bulls. Oh, gosh. We are going to start. We're going to start with the head coach. And if you if you need if you need like uh, hints, I'm a big hint guy. Gave Trent a lot of hints last week too. It, we can start with the head coach, or we can go right into the roster.
1: So that was a. I don't really know why. <laughs> I'm gonna judge you right here. I don't know why you chose the ten year theme because that era was a brutal era for the Chicago Bulls. Um. There's one player I can think of that I'm pretty sure, but I'm not entirely sure. So, uh, I mean, that's post Thibodeau, post
0: not post Thibodeau. It's not. This is still Thibodeau era. That's, that's why. I, that's why I wanted to start with the head coach. And I guess, Brad, let me give you a little backstory to this segment. Um, we wanted to make it a segment that ne- not necessarily was focusing on like the great teams. But like those Mm -hmm. middle of the road, maybe not so great teams that don't get a lot of love in sports Mm -hmm. history. Because like, don't you remember like sitting around with like you know Elijah Cole makes and just like rattling off like random sports players? That's the idea of this segment is we're kind of like showing a little love to those guys, some of the players that were on that team.
1: Okay. So yeah,
0: see if you can see if you can get the ball rolling. I can I can get the ball rolling for you if you want.
1: Let me let me guess a a few. Yeah. I can think of a few off the top of my head, but there's like a hazy era in the Bulls. Right. The Bulls organization where it's like, you know, we went from Derek Rose to basically no one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to guess this is pre Jimmy Butler trade.
0: This is pre Jimmy Butler trade. He is on the team. Okay. okay. Jimmy Butler is
1: on the team. So also, is-
0: a little heads up this was a playoff team.
1: Really? Okay. This
0: was a this was a playoff team. They lost in the first round to the Washington Wizards.
1: This is an arrow that I blocked out of my mind. This doesn't have Derrick Rose on it, right? Derrick Rose. Derrick is Rose player. is like,
0: also on the team. You're a I kidding. think I think he got injured this year, though.
1: Oh, why am I thinking that Derrick Rose was traded pre-teens?
0: Yeah, I think um, he I think he got injured this year.
1: Okay. All right, well, let's go Luol Deng.
0: Um, Luol Deng is not on the team. Really? Joakim Noah? Yeah. Joakim Noah is on the team.
1: Um, Gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love this give, segment, bro. I love this give segment. Give me a
1: hint. Give me a hint.
0: All right, um, so I'm going to – People
1: screaming at the screen right now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to – so this – I think this is a – this is two Carlos legendary – Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer is on the team. There you go. Okay. There's another one. I want to say these are two, like, storied Chicago Bulls players. Didn't – never really amounted to much, but they're definitely, like, known for their time on the Bulls, I would want to say. One of them is a guard. I think he wore Goggles and the other one is God. a power forward.
1: This is this is wrong, but I don't know why Tracy McGrady is in my head.
0: No, not Tracy yeah. McGrady. Yeah. Um you want me to start giving some names out?
1: Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, Taj Gibson.
0: Taj Gibson is one of the – he was the power forward. Yeah, nice.
1: The only reason I remembered that is because I just saw that Taj Gibson is still playing for the Knicks.
0: Oh, for real? (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes, Taj Uh, Gibson is also on that roster. Brad, we need one more out of you. We got Boozer, Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Jimmy Butler, and Taj Gibson. I I want a six-man, but I'm pretty sure – I think this guy was a six-man for this team. I think he came off. Yep. Gosh. A Bulls legend. I don't know. I don't even know if he's a legend for the Bulls. Like, I don't know how you guys react to this guy, but he is
1: he is a legend or he's thought he
0: ain't a Hall of Famer. He ain't a Hall of Famer. But I think he was like a legend for the Bulls specifically because of just his time on the Bulls.
1: Right. I feel like I'm gonna get clapped by people for not knowing this. Because if he's like one of those types of players, people are going to be like, "How do you not know?" Blah blah blah. But I cannot. I can't think of it.
0: All right, so I'm going to give you some notable guys that were also on this roster. You got five. Five's not bad. Good for you. Five. Win- is good. Oh
1: wait, no, no. That's, sorry. So See, I'm going to give you. You to be like, oh, name the 2017 Bulls. And my first thing I was thinking of was like. Oh, Dwayne Wade played for the Bulls, like Denzel Valentine, Robin. Yeah, It wasn't that light. It wasn't that light. Yeah. All right. So the
0: guy that I'm thinking of is Kirk Heinrich.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Kirk Heinrich. uh, He is a legend of the Bulls. I wouldn't say he is a NBA legend, but.
0: Oh, yeah. He ain't an NBA legend. I was saying, I think he's like a legend in Chicago for just the time he was on the Bulls. Yeah and then a couple other notable fellas on this team dj augustine was i think the sixth man kirk heinrich was actually the starting point guard during this um year while d rose was out Ah. tony snell rookie year i believe was on this Mm. team and your teams oh boy is this your leading scorer one of your leading scorers played in the most games for you that year Mike Dunleavy Jr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that uh, that explains the Bulls in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about, I mean, we can sit here and say, what if Derrick Rose didn't get injured all day? And, you know, what if Jimmy Butler didn't get traded all day? But, you know. Right. It's fine. Um, definitely an era where... Bulls fans had high hopes, and uh, the championship window closed. And you know, the Miami Heat basically embarrassed us just for Dwayne Wade to come to the Bulls for one year about six years later, seven years later. I don't know, that was an interesting era for the Bulls when Dwayne Wade joined the Bulls because it's you know his city or whatever. But, um, yeah, definitely. I th- I think that's definitely a Bulls era that everyone, you know, had high hopes for. And I think even NBA fans like Ethan, what do you think of that era of Bulls? Like when Derrick Rose won the MVP and then, you know, he's uh, – was it the Knicks when he rolled his ankle and got I don't injured? remember, dude.
0: Honestly, I do not remember that far back. But time I time just remember him. when he got hurt and it was like crazy because he was the youngest MVP.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Water under the bridge, you know. So Water
0: under the bridge. We moved on. That was a it was just I just look back on that era and I just think it was a funny it was a funny era to look back on like all those guys that were like getting buckets back then, like Mike Dunleavy Jr. and Kirk yeah. Heinrich. Like I remember playing on like two K with those guys. Like
1: those
0: those guys are just funny. But I um
1: were, I thought you were gonna go either dark era or like nineties bulls.
0: Like nah. if you would have went
1: dark era where I
0: wanted to keep it. I want I, I like to keep this segment in an era where we would have watched it. Like where yeah. we had like possibly had a chance of like mm-hmm. seeing these guys play.
1: Yeah, I remember but, um, watching Derrick Rose in the playoffs with my grandpa, and he got injured, and I was like, I just didn't understand it at the time, even though I was like obviously sentient. But yeah. um, it's like one of those things where it's like Superman getting defeated by Lex Luthor, and you're like, what? No, that's not possible. Yeah,
0: it's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't the way the prophecy foretold.
1: No, no. <laughs> it's not. The, that's not the script we wanted to write.
0: Not the script. There you go. um, Brad, that's kind of rounds out our segments here. Is there any closing words from you that you want to send our fans off with before I close it up with our projection segment?
1: Um. I want to thank you guys for having me. I hope uh, I didn't have too many egregious takes. I know my takes are egregious, but hopefully I didn't cross the line. Um, You know, I hopefully will get the call up again soon, maybe Super Bowl era, maybe, you know, preseason era. But um, I'm hoping that uh, my my predictions come true. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to get the call up again. So if you don't hear from me, I appreciate your, your, your ears for this hour, 20, hour, and 30 that we've been going and uh, hope you guys have a blessed day.
0: All right, Brad, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, uh, you know, being a great guest and for participating to the best of your ability. This was an absolute blast to have you on. Um, folks, that's going to do it for the Double Tech Podcast. Um, If you are watching on YouTube, please like comment, subscribe. I don't know. I don't even I've never said those words in my life. Like comment and subscribe. If you are on Spotify, Apple podcasts or Google podcasts, make sure to leave us a five star rating. And uh, hopefully you come back and you listen next week too. after the things that we say are going to happen after they happen. But, folks, I will leave you with this. Trent had a quote from Jay-Z last week. I got a quote from Patrick Mahomes, and this is probably why I don't do this segment. This is probably why Trent does it. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes says, every experience, good or bad, you have to learn from. So, folks, I will leave you with that, some food for thought, and we will see you next week. This has been the Double Tech Podcast. Peace out. Later, y'all.